Welcome, Daddios, to the Indie Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, a dad who's trying just like you. And this show is dedicated to the joys and challenges of fatherhood in Indiana and beyond. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Indie Dads Podcast. Because when it comes to being a dad, we're all in this together. All right, Daddios, we have a very special guest this week. We have Robert McClellan. He has got a unique backstory for his fatherhood. Going from struggles with substances to not seeing his daughter to regaining everything back in his family and becoming the dad that he always could be and turning a dream into what can be a satisfying career. So let's get into this week's conversation with Robert McClellan. So, Robert, you want to tell us your story about how you became a dad and found out about it and everything? Yeah, so I started at a very young age, at 17, as when my daughter was actually born. And I would like to be the guy that, you know, told you that, forced me to grow up and I became a man overnight and became the world's greatest father. But uh, at the time I was actually involved in substance abuse, was a full-blown alcoholic at the age of 15. So I was involved in a lot of stuff that honestly teenagers shouldn't be involved in. So for the first four years of my daughter's life, I actually had no real interaction with her other than her mother giving me some visitation here and there. And uh, I, I was very mad about it at that time. But looking back, I see that it was actually in my daughter's best interest. My daughter's name is Mackenzie, by the way. She's now 24 years old. She's going to be graduating soon with a master's from IUPUI for child psychology. I'm pretty sure I had something to do with that. And uh, she's a great kid, really is. But I had a, a life-altering, literally come-to-Jesus moment when I was 21 years old. I was, like I said, involved in all kinds of drug addiction problems, substance abuse, and I just had enough of it, you know? And by by this time, I remember there was sort of this moment where I was in in a drunken stupor and sort of this inner voice. It wasn't me speaking because I would, I was the guy that was like, let's just drink more, go farther, go harder. Um, But this inner voice was like, look around, what do you have? And I realized as I looked around, I was like, okay, I've got, I've got friends. And then I started thinking of all of these instances where these friends had literally like let me down, stabbed me in the back, turned their backs on me at times when I needed them the most. I thought, well, I, I really don't have friends and I don't have a house. I, I don't even have a car. I don't even have a license, but I have a daughter and I don't even know her. And through a, a strange course of events that happened with the girl that I was dating at the time, it led me to almost committing suicide. And um, in the back of my mind, I knew that was not where I wanted to go. I had more to live, you know, for. And I remember I had stumbled from uh, Cortland, Indiana, back to Seymour, Indiana, which for those of you that are in the area, you know, that's, that's quite a track when you're walking. And during that walk, I had a lot of time to, th- to think. And 
sort of fast forward, you know, a couple of weeks later, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm really tired of this lifestyle. And so, uh, my parents, they were, they were never really too pushy about religion or God or anything like that, but they, I woke up one morning and thought, you know, I've lived here rent free for some time now. I'm just going to go to church with them just out of, you know, out of decency for respect. And uh, needless to say, I won't go into to everything here, but needless to say, when I went to church that morning at 21 years old, I left a completely changed person. In fact, in that one day when God filled me with his spirit, I laid down my cigarettes on the altar. I took out all of my piercings. I went home and cut my hair. I mean, I, I, I did a complete transformation. Quit drinking, quit smoking, quit doing drugs in one single day, August the 18th. And, um, this coming August will actually be 20 years now that I've been free and clean of all that. And that's all, all glory to God. But when that all took place, I immediately contacted my daughter's mother and said, Hey, look, something has happened. And I really want to be a part of my daughter's life. And she pretty much put an ultimatum out there that, you know, if this doesn't work, I'm not going to have her on this roller coaster of her being in your life and not being in your life of you being her dad or, or not being her dad. And up until this point, her mom had kind of kept me being her dad a secret. The few visitations that I'd had with her, it was, you know, we're going to visit a good friend. And which always hurt me, but I understood at the same time, I didn't have legal right to even do anything at that point in time. So we went through the court systems. We got everything set up and finalized, like for real visitation rights, stuff like that. And I told her, I said, I have ne neglected to pay any child support for the last four years. I'm going to step up and be a man, basically. And she immediately noticed the conversion. She immediately noticed the change in me. And so she was like, okay, let's, let's move forward with this. The judge, he immediately noticed the change. He was like, there's a completely different guy standing in front of me. And he said, I thoroughly believe that you are really honest when you say that you're going to step up and do what's right. So he uh, actually gave me a break and, and said, okay, we'll just go ahead and pay your support and catch up on your arrearages. And, you know, I learned a lot from my daughter as I was from the visitation rights and, and getting her every other weekend. I learned a lot. And I think that's a lot of things, you know, that as parents, sometimes we forget. We think it's our job all the time to continually teach our children right from wrong or to teach them how to do this or how to do that or, you know, and now I have a son. My son's 15 years old. His name is Alakai. And I want my children to grow up to be the best versions of them that they can possibly be. But we as, a, as adults, as parents, we think our entire job is to teach them 24-7 all of this stuff. But we don't really realize, I think, until we reach a certain point in fatherhood or motherhood, whatever it might be, where we go, you know what, <laughs> this kid is teaching me all kinds of stuff, like stuff you don't learn in textbooks. And so, you know, being a father, being a husband in the day and age in which we live, I would say that it's not any easier than it, it was, you know, back during the eras of the Great Depression or Vietnam era or anything like that. I would say it's a little bit harder for us as adults now because we have technology that we have to really watch our kids with, but 
if there's anything that I could say to those who are listening, that maybe you're a brand new parent and you feel overwhelmed by parenthood in and of itself, uh, just stick with it. Not only does it get easier, but you're going to find a lot of enjoyment from, from just being a parent. This is very true. We never expect someone younger than us that, you know, really relies on us to show us or teach us anything, you know? Right. And especially coming from your background where you're getting, starting a new relationship with your daughter, like you're learning not only who she is, but she's kind of can teach you a lot and kind of motivate you probably to continue on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you can make that life changing decision. How did you go about kind of, how did you get to that point to have the successful career you have now? So I think a lot of career choices are made with our kids in mind as well. You know, we always are thinking in the back of our mind, you know, how is this going to affect the family life? And I think one of the biggest things that people are worried about, or at least they should be worried about is the work-life balance. Now with, you know, kids nowadays, it's, it's hard to really, especially because of our economy and things like that, not trying to make any, any excuses in the least bit, but, you know, we do have to make sure that we have a roof over their head. We have to make sure that we have food in the cupboard. But there also has to come a time where, as individuals, we have to realize that they do rely on us for everything. So we have to, you know, for lack of a better term, I kind of, I don't like this terminology because I've heard it so many times, but pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and say, get up and go to work, find a job, do the best that you can while you're on that job so that you can excel, so that you can grow. And, you know, I think a lot of times we go into jobs thinking that we've got to be the best at what we can be in order to, to grow in a company. And especially in the day and age in which we live, I think stick-to-itiveness, if that's even a word, is probably more looked at as a great trait to have than anything. I mean, just someone who will show up to work every day and someone who will, you know, put the time in and be an asset to the team and, and maintain a good positive outlook on things, regardless of how you know, things are going. And uh, I was accused one time of being the, <laughs> the, uh, the motivational expert at work. I was looking to be the subject matter expert and somehow I became the motivational guy. We had a lot of, a lot of pitfalls that had befallen our company. And there was a lot of things that were, you know, overtime hours were being issued like crazy. And, and people were getting very, like the, the dissension was starting to grow and morale was starting to drop. And so my boss came to me and she said, I, I don't know how you're continually maintaining a good attitude about this, but please keep doing it because it's making a difference. And she said, right now, I feel like you're my morale improvement specialist. So I need you to just like, they would literally like move me to lines where people were in, there was like a lot of infighting or stuff like that. And I still have this element of being a class clown because of the way that I grew up. So anytime that I deal with stress or something comes against me or uh, I look at it in, in a different light. Like I don't break down and cry. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have done that before, but my sort of mechanism for dealing with things is let's just, let's just make a joke about this. Let's just turn it around and let's laugh it off, you know, not negate the fact that there's real issues that are, are prevalent, but we need to just take them 
one one day at a time and not to let them become insurmountable. And it was during my uh, teenage years and leading up to where I'm at now that music has always played an integral role in everything that I've done. And it was probably around 18, somewhere around in there, that it really started to take hold. I really started actually getting prolific in writing songs. And then briefly after I turned 21 and, and had my, my life-altering event, I started actually getting a lot better at making music and creating my own songs. And people started asking all these questions. And then I had to make this decision of, you know, do I spend all this time answering emails and having face-to-face conversations with these people, um, which I love doing. I love helping people. So that's never really been a problem. But I was like, but how do I do that and still balance being able to spend time at home with my kids and making sure that I'm present while they're here, that I'm not just, you know, talking to someone else while they're next to me that I can actually involve them in conversation or involve them. And so I thought, you know, I think the best way to do this would just be to have a website that I can point them to. And so I started the Home Studio Simplified website. And if you go to homestudiosimplified.com, you'll see there that the entire purpose of that website is just to answer those questions that I kept getting over and over and over. And it's all in just one place. And to my surprise, it started to actually take off. And now it's at the point where you know, my daughter, she's 24 now. My son's 15. They're old enough now that where they can sort of take care of themselves. And um, unfortunately, they're old enough now to where they don't need dad all the time. And sometimes it's as hard as that is to admit, you know, it, it does happen. And so I've been able to actually take the reins of this small hobby side business that I've been wanting to, to really put my heart and soul into. And in and, and the last couple of years, especially during the pandemic, it really started to take off when people realized like, okay, I'm stuck in the house. What do I do? And a lot of people turned to music because not only is it an awesome thing to know how to play an instrument, but it's also very therapeutic. And so I created just sort of an outlet for people, a community where people could come share their music, get feedback on their music and submit songs for what was supposed to just be a one month monthly song contest that's now turned into a two year, (laughs) like it just keeps going. And from there though, I've had a lot of awesome opportunities that have just opened up because of the internet and because of YouTube and the website, Uh, you know, multi-platinum engineer, Warren Hewitt reached out, said he wanted to make me a mentor on the ProMix Academy platform. I ended up getting brands, brand deals and sponsorships and things just started happening with the YouTube channel where in the last year, especially like it, it completely blew up. I was sitting at like 10,000 subscribers. And then like, I woke up one morning and I had 50,000. I was like, what just happened? And it literally was just like that. I had a, a video that went viral and, um, it, it seemed like to me, it was sort of like the payoff for all of the years of the work that I'd put in. And I will say this, I've never felt like I've neglected my children trying to put my eggs in this basket, but I have at times, I feel like maybe committed too much for myself to where when I did have the time to spend that I'd set aside with them, uh, that I wasn't completely focused. And so if I had to do anything over again, it would be to make sure that I don't put too much on my plate and realize that it is just a hobby and I still have a job outside of this. And so I I need to, you know, I work a full-time job outside of the studio here. So I always kind of use that as my fallback plan as, as it pays insurance and, and stuff like that. You, those 
things that you got to think about as a parent. But I, I would also say to to those who are wanting to pursue a, a hobby or a side job, or you know, you want to pursue some dreams, by all means, go for it. Don't think that your kids are a hindrance. Don't think that your children are going to stop you from doing that. If anything, you'll find that they actually help to give you great ideas, <laughs> ideas that you would never think of. So that's sort of how I got from point A to point B. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I've, I've watched some of the videos. I'm sure that Michael Jack's video is the one he, yeah. <laughs> that really popped for you, but that was really interesting in that I, as someone that enjoyed playing music growing up and it's something that I wish it something I would have found a little earlier in my life, but it's also encouraging to hear that, you know, your dreams don't have to just stop, you know, when you have kids, you know, you have that option to continue. It may be a little bit harder, maybe more sleepless nights, but you can always achieve some success in something that you love. And that's, that's great to hear about. And I'm I'm hoping that you continue that because it, it's impressive stuff on there. I, I love watching those videos. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you know, one of the the mottos that we have on my channel that if if you visited for any of the tutorials or the live streams, you'll know that we always end every video with the motto, you can dream alone, you can even create alone, but together we can achieve so much more. And I say that not just offhanded, it's not just, you know, some kind of tribal branding thing, you know, marketing gimmick. It's literally like it was born out of the community that we created together. And it hit me one day because I always had that motto, dream, create, achieve. And I thought that's, that's the goal that I want to put out there. I want people to be able to dream and create and then achieve those dreams through that creation. But then what I found out is as I started to build a community, I was like, this is taking on a whole new sort of beast here. Like it's, it's awesome. And all of these people are teaching me while I'm trying to teach them much like I was talking about with children, you know, like when you're teaching, not that these guys are kids, a lot of them are in their sixties and some of them are even in their seventies. And I mean, they've been around studios their whole lives. So they're telling, they're teaching me stuff about analog gear that I'm like, it's blowing my mind. But the thing that I noticed is like, I started to do a lot of projects early on to sort of get my name out there and to uh, basically just get whatever was in my heart get it out so that I could share it with the world. And so I, I created and wrote several different songs, uh, full, full length albums, a lot of EPs and singles. And I, as much as I loved doing that, I decided as I was getting very busy with home life, work life, I was like, I really got the song that I want to get finished, but I, I, I don't have time to sit here and try to flesh out a baseline for an hour and a half anymore because I'm not a bassist. Why don't I try to reach out to someone in the community and see if someone out there can play a good baseline for this. What came back was like mind blowing. I was like, what? That's yeah. That's because that guy's a bassist though. So he had all of the equipment that was needed to record a great bass sound. And I thought, well, okay, well, how, how far can we take this? Um, I need some drums on this too. So I went ahead and put it out there and then lo and behold, I get back multi-track drums that are amazing sounding. And so we all ended up collaborating on a song together, ended up being one of the, my favorite songs that I've released in a long time. And I realized, okay, this has turned into more than just, you know, like an island unto yourself kind of dream, create, achieve thing. It made me realize like we can dream alone, 
We do it all the time. We can even create alone, but together is where you can achieve so much more. Not only did the song come out faster, but it sounded a whole lot better because it didn't sound like me, an angry guitarist, trying to get a bass line out. You know, it sounded like an actual bassist doing what they do. And so that's one of the things that I think as you start to, to grow and you start to realize like, okay, there's, there's some things that I, I need to outsource. There's some things that I, I don't have to have my hand in everything for it to be, you know, because I think for a long time I thought, well, if it's not me doing all the instruments, if it's not me doing, it won't be me. It won't sound like me. And in actuality, it was like, there's still my lyrics. It's still my initial hook, my harmonies, everything that I've come up with. I'm just getting other people to come alongside me and be like, wow, I like that song. I want to play on it too. And so it formulated, you know, this whole, like, <laughs> for lack of a better term, awesomeness that I had never even seen, like it came out of left field. So to your point, I mean, yes, don't give up on your dreams just because you have a family and, and don't ever, please, if you're listening to this, do not ever see them as a hindrance or something that's holding you back. Yeah. And that work, the work together thing really goes into family. You know, mm -hmm. as you know, it's not just one person raises a child, not just the parents there. It does take, as they say, a village, it takes multiple people to raise kids and you, you got to do it together. And it's, just, it's the same type of thing. And, you know, in order for you maybe to, you know, try to go record that song or go do you know, whatever your hobby is that you want to do that you enjoy. You know, you're going to have to have, take a little bit step back from being a helicopter parent or however you want to do it and allow your kid to grow and worry, even when they get to a certain age, teach them and encourage them to join in, whether it's teaching them an instrument or whatever it is, then that can be just as rewarding as well. Absolutely. So now you're kind of transitioning your kids are coming. One's already an adult, got a master's and one's getting close to that college age. What are you looking forward to next journey, the next kind of maybe not completely empty nest because sometimes kids still stay, but, you know, just kind of as they're becoming more an adult and it changes kind of the dynamic as a father, what are you looking forward to? Mm, that's a good question. I think I'm as optimistic as I am. I think as a parent, we always worry, like, are they going to be successful? Are they going to follow after their dreams? And so for, for me and my wife, like we've sat down and talked about this, like we want to travel, but we don't want to be those parents that's like, all right, well, see you later. We're going to see the world. You know, we definitely want to be there for them anytime that they need anything. And, and if they should ever provide us with grandchildren, we want to make sure that we're there for our grandchildren. But I think as far as transitioning from, you know, parenthood into grandparenthood, or even if that doesn't happen, just empty nesting. Um, I could definitely see myself devoting a lot more time, uh, into this side business and even trying to bring, you know, I, my son's very interested in YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel himself. He's like pretty much everything that he's put out there is just in my opinion, of course, it's kind of slighted because he is my son, but it's, it's just top notch stuff. And he's that he does like a little gaming, does a little review he does a little this and that hasn't necessarily found his like his niche yet that he's wanting to work on but he's you know he's grinding at it just like dad is 
loves creating the videos. Actually, he's creating one right now as we speak. And he's getting really good at editing. So I was like, talked to my CPA and I was like, what would happen if I hired my son to edit my videos? Because if I could have him edit the videos, I can actually crank out quite a few more videos and get more done, more accomplished. And to my surprise, she was like, well, actually, given his age and the fact that he still lives under your roof, if you were able to hire him, it would save you money on your business expenses, on your taxes. So like already, I'm trying to figure out some way to maybe transition him now to where he can get used to the aspect of this business. And we could actually become partners later um, to where, you know, basically I would never have to let him go. And my daughter, she's, she loves music. She's not a musician herself, although she can sing. She plays some clarinet. I'll take that back. She, she does plays, plays a mean clarinet, but see her interest is more in like going to concerts and checking out live music venues. And so, uh, as far as like trying to bring her on board, it wouldn't really make much sense unless she wanted to be the staff psychologist, which I may need after <laughs> This last year, it's been a crazy year, especially when tax time came. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, transitioning, I don't, I don't think has to be a dread. I don't think it has to be something we, we aren't look, looking forward to. I think we just need to make sure that we're preparing in the right ways. Uh, not just, you know, monetarily, because a lot of people think, well, you know, you're always trying to prepare monetarily to make sure that you're set up for success. They're set up for success. But I think we also have to prepare emotionally because we had a, a family cat that was near and dear to us. And when you lose an animal like that, you never realize like how much it means to you until that it's like, oh my goodness. Like I thought I loved the cat, but now I really realize just how much I love that cat. And so when they leave the nest, it's, I think emotionally, that's probably going to be the hardest thing for me to, to come up against. Cause I, I feel like my, my son is my best friend. I mean, we talk about everything together. We hang out together. We, we play video games together. I mean, he's got me hooked on Fortnite, so. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a great, great strategy. You know, make your kids your best friends and, you know, less chance they leave. <laughs> right, right. What is it kind of, we're, we do focus on Indiana. So what is it like about Indiana that you do enjoy, you know, stayed here for a while? Well, there's not a lot of places that I've been, so I don't really know of much that there is out there. I mean, we've been to, I've been to Branson, Missouri on a, a youth trip. That was the farthest I've ever went. I've been to Florida when I was like 13. That was gorgeous, but I was like, eh, it just wasn't all it was cracked up to be. I love the beach. Don't get me wrong. And then our family actually took its first real vacation, like not just a weekend getaway, a couple of cities away, but like actually went states away. Actually it was a 16 hour long grueling beat your head against the dashboard drive because I decided I was going to be the guy who was not going to stop. We're just going to all the way there, you know? And I was like, that was stupid. What was I thinking? But uh, yeah, we went to North Carolina to Emerald Isle. That was amazing. But even in like all these places that I go, as much as I liked, you know, being at the beach in North Carolina, I love that area. And even while I'm there, I'm like, man, it would be great to move here. Like my heart has always been in Indiana. and there's just so many beautiful areas around here that we just take for granted all the time because like, say for instance, like a lot of people that are from here, they're always wanting to go to the big cities. They're always wanting to go to New York. And we had the opportunity to go to 
a couple of big cities and every time I got there, it just felt cold. It felt sterile for lack of a better term. It was just so many bricks and stones and metal. And, but then you get back to Indiana and you're driving sometimes for miles and you see nothing but cornfields. And as a, you know, as a teenager, I was like, Oh, we got nothing here, but cornfields. This is, I'm, I'm ready to get out of this place. But then you get older and you're like, it's so quiet and relaxing. <laughs> And it's like, why would I want to leave this, you know? And like literally just right up the road, Brown County, Indiana has probably got some of the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen in my life. And then literally like 10 minutes this direction, we've got Brownstown. And there's a, an area up there that's called Skyline Drive. And it's, it's quite a drive to get up to the top of this hill. But once you get up there, there's these different vistas where you can look out pretty much all, all of Seymour, all of Crothersville and... Uh, well, towards that area anyway, and then all of Brownstown, and it's absolutely beautiful. And so I've had opportunities where I probably could have left the state. Why would I? I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful here. And I think the older I get, the more I realize just how valuable quiet time is. <laughs> so good luck finding that in New York. Yeah. I mean, same when we were kid growing up in Indiana, I grew up just on the east side of Indy and it's like, it's just so quiet. There's like, there's nothing to do. Go play in the cornfield just to do something. And as you get older, you're like, you understand as a, as a parent, why they chose to be here, why families are here. Feels like home. It's, you know, for the most part, safe compared to the city. And you're going to have connections in your town because, you know, people do know everybody, but that can be a good thing too. Right. <laughs> they can, they can help you if you're struggling or you break down, you know, your neighbor stops to help you instead of just being by yourself. And so it's, it's a great place. I completely agree. And, you know, there are places we we're traveling to go random cities and to do random things with the, the kids. And like, it's, it's great to see just all these little towns and these little places. And there's, there's lots of forests. You get down South, there's lots of hills and, it's not just flat in Indiana. There's a lot going on. Right. Yeah, for sure. So it doesn't have to be necessary for new fathers, but just advice you would give dads. Like what would be your kind of best advice you would think? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I would say never stop learning and never get to the point where you think, you know, I mean, as dads, we do have to kind of know it all. I mean, we have to be the guy that they come to and we have the answer. But it's also okay to be like, you know what, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that, but let's, let's research it together. Let's talk about it together. So never stop learning and try to learn not just new things, but learn what, you're, what are your kids into? Like sit down and talk to them on, you know, a, a good basis and say, hey, I realized that you were, you were getting into this and what's that all about? Like, why do you like that? You know, let's, let's talk about it. Find time to. You know, if, if they like to go fishing, find time to make, you know, make some time to go fishing, make some time to go in the outdoors, especially if, if you're around trees, I mean, there's nothing more better than, and getting out in the, in the woods and just taking a walk every once in a while and just both of you just clear, <laughs> clear in your mind. But yeah, I mean, as, as fathers don't also don't feel like that you have to have all the answers because that can be kind of. You know, you can get lost in the weeds on that sometimes and, and start feeling like, well, I'm the worst father ever because I don't know how to 
combat this or I don't know what they're dealing with or what they're going through. So just, you know, try to give yourself some leeway too and not realize and realize like I don't have to know everything, but I, I need to try. And then, you know, I think one of the things that we neglect as a, a generation is, you know, phones are so handy and internet is wide open and you know, you gotta be careful. You gotta guard those things. In fact, this is, this is going to be a shameless plug. I don't, I'm not sponsored by this company, but there is a company called Bark and we just recently got uh, the Bark phone for our son. And if you guys have not checked this out, if you have teenagers, if you have kids at all that have cell phones, whether they be, you know, nine, 10, all the way up to twenties, whatever they are, you need to check this out because you, you get a nice Samsung galaxy phone with the package deal and you get your service. But then from your own phone, you can actually, you can lock their phone if they don't need to be on it. You can uh, track them wherever they might be. If they should ever get kidnapped, you're going to know exactly where they're at, which is, you know, I mean, people would say, well, you can do that on an iPhone, but there's all kinds of these hoops you got to jump through sometimes with iPhones to get anything accomplished. And you can always use that as a backup too. You know, but you can uh, set which websites they're able to go to, which apps they're able to download, if any. Uh, and it also has like these phrases where you can put in there and you can say, if this phrase comes up, send me a text and let me know. So if it's anything that has to do with bullying, anything that has to do with suicidal thoughts, anything that has to do with anger or violence, it will send you a text. And most of the time when I get my text, it's my son and his friends going, you're a nerd. I just beat you on Fortnite, you know, which isn't. But, you know, Lord forbid, but if I would just let that go, you know, because there have been a couple of times where I've got a text where I, I had to address it. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you saying this to your friend? And why is he saying this to you? So I would definitely, if, if you're a father or a mother and you're, you're looking to, you know, sort of keep a closer eye on your kids, not, you know, be big brother, but at the same time, we have to watch out for them because it's like all this technology, like, how do you, what do we do? I mean, there's new apps coming out every day and we don't know if they're safe or if they're not. So this is just a great way for you to sort of, as a parent, be proactive and say, okay, I'm going to take control over my child's screen time. I'm going to take control over there. And that's the beauty of it too. Like the screen time thing has been a huge, you know, boon for us because when they realize, okay, I've only got four hours of screen time a day, that really makes them go, okay, I need to monitor how much I'm using it, what I'm using it for. And then after those four hours are over, it's like, they just automatically after a while, you know, at first he was pretty mad, but after a while it's like, okay, screen time's over. Now it's time to hang with dad. So I would definitely look into that. There's also other things like for the internet, like net nanny is one of them that we use for uh, the, the laptop for a while where it's sort of a similar service, but be very, very watchful, be diligent because everybody and anybody is going to be trying to teach your child something while they're growing up. And you want to make sure that you are the voice that they listen to. You want to make sure that because only you as their parent is going to know what's best for them and make sure too, that you're, you're taking time to talk about things that are hard to talk about. I know, you know, with, with a young boy that was growing up, one of the hardest things we ever had to talk about was, you know, the sex stuff. And it was like, uh Oh, when it got to that point and he's asking questions, I was like, looking at mom, she's looking at me. I'm like, Oh Lord, what do we do? What do we do? Cause I never had to deal with that with my daughter. I mean, by the time that, you know, she was getting to that age, 
uh, her mom was pretty much taking care of that. And she had very few questions when she came down to talk to me. And so I was just like, oh, okay, that was a breeze, you know? Uh, but then my son, he starts asking questions and I'm like, ooh. So there's a, a great book that we ended up getting, which is a resource. It's called the, I think it's called the Big Book for Little Boys. And um, they have, they have the same thing for the Big Book for Little Girls. But it's basically, it just, it talks about, it talks about puberty. It talks about, you know, different emotions that they might have as they're growing up. It talks about sex. It talks about I mean, everything, but it does it in such a way to where you can sit down and you guys can read it together. It's got pictures, but they're not like the kind of pictures that other people are going to show them because th that's where it can get crazy. Cause if your kid doesn't trust you enough to talk to you about like, well, what does this mean? And they can go and ask anybody nine times out of 10, what's going to happen is they're going to ask a friend or an associate at school. And that, that person's going to pull up something that they don't even need to see or should never have seen. So make sure that you're guarding also. And I guess I'm saying this too, because we're homeschoolers. So this is kind of coming from a place of, you know, I guess necessity for us because we have to, you know, but we chose to homeschool simply based off of that premise that we want to make sure that we know exactly what he's learning because in the day and age, which we live, you know, you send a kid to school and you think they're going to be learning ABCs and they come home and they're like, Oh, by the way, I, I picked up black magic and you're like, what? <laughs> okay. So our last episode we just released was, uh, the guys that created these 16 things where they teach you things you don't learn in school, but they, between the two of them have 15 kids and they homeschool all of them. Oh, wow. And so a lot of the conversation in that one was about homeschool and like, you know, how you know they can learn all this stuff away from you if you're sending them to school and stuff like that. And that can be challenging. And, you know, some of us don't have that option, but, you know, something to consider for sure. And that it's just, uh, a lot they can learn. And I think what's important, what you just said is being that person they can come to, to ask questions. Absolutely. You know, ask them questions. So they feel comfortable to ask you questions. Like you want to be that person. They always come to no matter what it is, even if it's awkward about sex or anything like that, you want to be that person they come to and you don't want to just say, Oh, go ask mom. Or you, <laughs> you, you, you want to be that supportive person that they can, you know, feel like they can ask anything. And they don't have to feel like insecure or worried or scared to ask you anything and to develop a stronger relationship. And you can be able to, you know, know what's going on in their life, in their head and, you know, help them a lot more than if you're not. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to have to definitely mark all that down that you just did the book and, you know, the bark and everything like that. Cause that's just a great resource, not only for me, but for everybody, of course. <laughs> but I'd like to end kind of things on a fun note. Who's your favorite is what I would say. Who's your favorite movie or TV dad? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Wow. I guess mine would kind of be, this is just going to kind of come out of left field probably. Um, because I don't know. I don't know necessarily who Frodo's dad was because Bilbo is actually his uncle. That's a good question. Yeah. But I always thought to myself, I wish I knew who Frodo's dad was because evidently he did a good job. Like, I mean, if, <laughs> yeah. 
if you look at it, I mean, in the whole like Lord of the Rings trilogy and everything that, that follows thereafter, Frodo always was like, he remained true to who he was. He always was like, he had that stick to that I just t- talked about earlier, where he was like, you know what? I am close to death's door, but I realize this has got to be done for the greater good. And I'm going to climb up that mountain, regardless of the fact that I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, he surrounded himself with good friends. I mean, Sam Gamgee was an awesome friend. He was adventurous. He was, so I was always like, I was always like, who was his dad? You know? Yeah, that's um, a good question. Of course, I, I think Merlin, or not Merlin. That's a totally different one. Gandalf, I think. Yeah. I think Gandalf actually gave it away as it, it was a Took family or Tooks as they called them. But yeah, that's, that's the thing that I can come up with as of right now, because I, I'm like, I'm stressing like, like where, who, I don't yeah. even know. And that makes sense. I mean, that, that's a, that's a good way to think about it. Cause like, you know, you have these goals that you want to become that you, for your kids to become mm-hmm. and like to think about how do you get to that point? How do you get you know, a son to be all these qualities. That's good. I never have thought about that. That's a, that's a great way to think about the character. Yeah. I think any, any good, any good kid is a byproduct of good parenting. So. For sure. Well, I'm all out of questions for you. <laughs> Your story was really inspiring. I'd like to hear. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, I do, you know, I subscribe to your videos <laughs> on on YouTube. I, I definitely do enjoy that music lover and very impressed by the things you're able to do and the talent you have. Well, thank you, man. I greatly appreciate it. Do you have anything else you want to plug? So if any of you are interested in creating music, if any of you are interested in making your home studio uh, more than just what it is now, if you want to take your music to the next level, Head on over to homestudiosimplified.com. Check out the website there. There's a ton of freebies right there on the front page. You can go and download today. Uh, creating a song step-by-step. There's, what's the other one? Mixing Bass Simplified, which is, I got a ton of questions on that one. They were like, so that's all free there. Uh, room Acoustics Simplified, if you want to know how to make sure your room is ready and up, up to speed. And then from there, you know, there's a VIP membership if you want to support the, the channel as well as, uh, the website that way for $9.99 a month, you can get in there and all of the videos that I've released on YouTube, including a bunch of them that I have not, or at least I did, and they were blocked. Thank you, Beatles and the Eagles. <laughs> it's, hard, and... it's hard to do a music, <laughs> hard to do a music one on YouTube for sure. Yeah. So uh, those are all in there, commercial free. I also break down, uh, there's about an extra five to 10 minutes on each video where I break down how you can apply that to your own productions. So we talked about with the Beatles, for instance, like what did they, why did they do that that way? What made it sound like this? How can we apply that to our own production? So it's a really cool little community and uh, it's growing. It's about 63 subscribers strong now and uh, everybody that's in there. And I I believe this is a byproduct of just, you know, continually being myself. I think the more you are yourself, the, the more you attract people that are are like-minded and so everyone in there is will is very giving they're all willing to help one another there's a ton of stuff going on in there all the time it's just would be great for you to check out so if you're interested go and check it out thank you thank you again i want to thank robert mcclellan for joining us today this was a great inspiration for me and i hope it was for you great story of redemption and finding your dreams. 
even as a dad, you can do all that. So never give up is what I take away from this. Robert's YouTube channel. It is Home Studio Simplified on YouTube. He's got a lot of great videos, a great viral one we mentioned in the interview about Michael Jackson going into the raw audio. Fantastic stuff. If you like music at all, he breaks it down. He helps you figure out how to set up your own studio if you want. So it's a great resource if you like music at all. So go check that out. Again, fantastic thing. His website, again, is also homestudiosimplified.com. You can check out all his information and all his, his teachings there as well. And if you would like to be a guest just like Robert, join us. We want to have you here on the show. Contact us at IndieDadsPodcast.com. You can leave a voicemail or leave an email in the contact section. Or you can contact us on our socials at IndieDadsPodcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. We would love to hear from you. We want you to join in this community. If you don't want to be a guest, you can just leave us a message about a joke or an event coming up. We want you to be involved because I know I can't cover everything, but I want to get as much information out there to everybody I can because we're all busy dads and we're just trying to get a little bit better at a time. So thank you again for joining us and we will see you next week on our next episode because a dad's job is never done.